Hello and welcome back to the Other Wordly Podcast. I'm your host, Pete, a.k.a. Palm Wondrous. Today is episode 31, and we are going to continue our conversation about time. Before we get started, the letters of our words are symbols casting spells that influence how we experience our reality, and their sounds create resonant frequencies inspiring thoughts in those who hear it. Point being, our words mean something. And like we did last episode, we're going to quickly recap the previous episodes to catch people up on the content if they hadn't watched those. And so the first episode that we discussed time, we spoke about the equinox and the solstice. We deciphered them, broke them down according to the letter symbols to see if they're teaching us some deeper wisdom. And we found that they, in fact, are. And so the equinox is referring to this evaluation period, the judgment per se, where all of our actions, thoughts, beliefs are evaluated, computed, and then the highest potentiality then becomes an actuality into our reality for us to experience the following quarter. And so we go from an equinox to solstice, there's a read and evaluate stage, and then solstice to the following equinox is a run script. And it continues to go that back and forth of evaluation and script throughout the course of the year. And so the challenge there, or things that we need to be aware of, is if we don't recognize how this reality works, we're going to continue to loop our past back into our now moment. And so we really need to focus on what we want to achieve, what it is that we want for our reality. And by focusing our attention there, we'll give energy to that, which will then create the manifestation. The next episode, we spoke of the different sections, the different wheels of time, so to speak. And I gave the analogy of a book as it is to Eon, that full narrative, chapter to century, page to year, paragraph to month, sentence to day. And really what I was trying to convey there was this idea that the level of influence, the level of change that we can accomplish depends on the wheel that we're working with. And so if you had intent on changing the course of a book, but you only had one sentence to work with, you'd be very limited on the amount of change that you could actually affect. However, if you had then a paragraph or a page or even a whole chapter, well, now you can really start to alter the path of the characters within that narrative. And I think what's exciting about the now moment of our reality is that we're at the end of an entire book. And so if we're aware of this, we can start to use our thoughts and our beliefs and our behaviors to completely change the script. And instead of looping in another version of the same reality, a sequel, so to speak, we can completely change the genre, create a more optimal reality for all of us. And so it's important to recognize that. Next, we discussed various words that are often spoke about when you think about time. So space-time, quantum, tradition, season, history. Deciphered those based upon their letter symbols and came to acknowledge that they are teaching us a greater wisdom, that they're very much in line with the earlier teachings, that they're suggesting that same aspect and same behavior within our reality, that all is mind, mind over matter, everything is a reflection within the physicality. Matter is the effect, energy is the cause. And so again, once we start to recognize this and start to connect with the energetic aspect of this reality, we can start to change it in an optimal way. And so today what I want to discuss is the idea of the yuga cycle. 
This is a concept that's often associated with Hinduism, but it's spoken about in very many mythologies and spiritual practices. I think the most obvious correlation would be that to Plato's great year. So essentially what this is trying to convey is that our reality goes through stages of consciousness. From one pole where there's full expansion, where all of the inhabitants of this reality recognize both father and mother. Father is ether, the energetic spirit aspect of our reality. And mother is matter, physicality. And because of their understanding and understanding of both those concepts, they come to master them. And so this is what we probably perceive as paradise, as a blissful state of being. And opposite that is the lowest level of consciousness, the densest, not only for mentally dense, but physically dense. And this is an age for which all of the inhabitants completely forgot about dad. They've turned a blind eye to spirit, to energy, and have focused on mom, on the material, on the physical, and have convinced themselves that that is all that exists. And as you go from one age to another, there's transitional stages. And so from gold to iron, you go through silver and bronze, and then from iron to gold, you go through bronze and silver. But it's really just the two poles that we should focus on. And so here we have a graphic where I'm trying to convey this point a little bit more clearly. And so we often hear about this idea of a pole shift, some cataclysmic event that takes place within this reality. I think, and rather than perceiving that to happen every shift in age, I think there's only two. And they would be at that north and south pole. So where we go from a completely loving state of being to where there's some sort of cataclysm, a reversal of that hourglass, so to speak, that now starts to infuse fear-based mentality into their consciousness. And then the opposite, within the Iron Age, at the middle of the Iron Age, there is a shift from a fear state into now allowing love back in. And so the North Pole, Pole Shift, I think that is probably what we perceive as a catastrophe, because going from a loving state to now allowing fear, I mean, that would be, I guess, very hard to deal with, I would think, for those that were previously in a fully loving state that now started to witness fear entering their plane for the first time in a long while. However, from in the middle of the Iron Age, the second pole shift, I don't think that is as drastic. Because now you're going from a fear state to now allowing love back in. And so, is there something that occurs here? Probably. But I don't think the outcome is as detrimental or perceived as negative as the previous pole shift, if that makes sense. And then the transition, like I said, I think there's just varying levels of influence that get fed into this reality and then bleed into the consciousness. And so to further, I guess, investigate this idea, I thought it would be interesting to take a look at the words. And so the golden age, from a Hinduistic standpoint, is called the Satya. And Satya is spelled S-A-T-Y-A. S is vibration or sign. A is not. T is vessel or game. Y is choice or decision. A again is not. And then golden, G-O-L-D-E-N, 
G is great, O is folder complete, L is consciousness, D is dimension, E is energy, N is normalized. And bringing this all together, in this age, beings are fully conscious and have the ability to leave their vessels at will. And so why did I suggest that? When you look at satya, vibration sine wave, not vessel game, choice decision not. I think what this is suggesting is that you have the choice to come and go from this physicality, much like that statement implied. And so when you take those two knots and, and cancel each other out, it's vibration sine wave, vessel or game, choice decision. And so as a vessel, as a consciousness inhabiting a vessel, a spiritual being having a physical experience, there's a choice that's implied there. And then golden, grateful or complete consciousness. So now that's the merger of the two aspects of your being, father and mother, masculine and feminine. In your dimension, energy normalized. So the energy of your full being coming into balance within your vessel, providing you with that ability, that choice to come and go. And so I think the beings that inhabited this plane, not only do I think they were much larger, and we hear stories about giants, which is interesting when you look at the word giants, which I'll, I think I'll close this episode by discussing that. But I think they also were probably capable of the things that we attribute to superheroes, to gods, to titans. And it's just a commonplace during that age. Everybody has the ability to manifest. They don't know anything else outside of that. Whereas during the Iron Age, that seems so foreign, so miraculous. And so moving forward now into the transitional period of the Silver Age, you have it as named in Hinduism as the Tretya or Tretta. T is vessel or game, R is return or reflect, E is energy, T again is vessel or game, A is not. And then silver, S-I-L-V-E-R, S is vibration or sine wave, I is incarnation, L is consciousness, V is descending or divide, E is energy, R is return or reflect. So bringing this all together, in this age, the first signs of energetic imbalance begin to trickle into the collective. And so I suggested that because first looking at Treta, vessel or game return energy, vessel game not. I think this is suggesting that the game reflects the energy of the vessel not. So it doesn't reflect the energy of the vessel. So there's a disturbance that occurs that causes that looping, that feedback, to be distorted. And so silver, vibration, incarnation, consciousness, descending, energy, reflect. Our consciousness descends into this reality. It's a downward flow. And if that is reflected, well, that again also implies a disturbance. And so I think this is the beginnings of that fall, so to speak, where we fall from a highly optimized state of being, a state of experiencing this reality, to now a lesser form. And as we'll go on to the next ages, you'll see this descent continue. So here we have the Bronze Age, also known as the Dopara. Dopara is spelled D-W-A-P-A-R-A. -A -A. D is dimension. W is wave or water. A is not. P is to perceive. A is not. R is return or reflect. A again is not. And then bronze, B-R-O-N-Z-E, B 
is being, R is return and reflect, O is full or complete, N is normalize, Z is present or now moment, E is energy. And so bringing this all together, in this age our collective consciousness falls below the level that allows us to perceive energy. So this is where that disconnect from dad really starts to happen. We lose sight of energy, of spirit, and be, start to become more enthralled with the physicality, with material. We start to forget who we truly are and start to become so caught up in the illusion, in the reflection. And I think that's evident when you look at the words. To mention wave not, perceive not, reflect not. Perceive not, reflect not. You can cancel the knots, so perceive, reflect. But you're not even having the opportunity to perceive the reflection because that dimension or dimensional wave of energy doesn't take place. Or you can even read it as dimension wave not to perceive. So it's a, an energetic wave that essentially blocks that sight, that perception of the reflection. And bronze also suggests this, being reflect, full or complete, normalized, present now, energy. I think it's the reflection of your full vessel because you're normalizing at, in that now moment to the energy of the collective, of the illusion. And so again, it's a little bit further in that devolution, that fall. Or if you're reading this on the way back up toward gold, well then that R becomes return and it's a little bit more of a recognition of that reconnection with spirit, with father. And finally, we have the Iron Age, also known as Kali. Kali is spelled K-A-L-I. K is to know, A is not, L is consciousness, I is incarnation. And then iron, I-R-O-N. I is incarnation, R is return or reflect, O is full or complete, N is normalize. Bringing this together, in this age, most beings will fully succumb to the influence of the collective unconscious, the influence of the illusion. And I think that's obvious when you look at these words. No, not conscious incarnation. Incarnation, reflect, or return, fully normalize. This is the bottom of the circle. This is where consciousness is at its lowest level. And we become so enamored with, like I said, with mother, with the physicality. And that distorts all of our perceptions. We get caught up in the effect rather than recognizing the cause. And it, I think we're just now in that moment of recognition of Father, of Spirit. Little by little, the nodes of consciousness, the people within this reality are starting to reconnect. Even if it's at a very minimal degree, it's at least helping the overall cause for our collective to start raising their vibration, raising their consciousness. And as we continue to do so, we're going to start to see that rippling effect really start to change the overall experience that we all have. And so it's important that we all start to not only take in some of this knowledge and integrate it with our own knowing, but then meditate on it, contemplate it yourself, try to connect some dots on your own. And then when the opportunity arises, share that knowledge with those that are receptive. Don't force feed anyone because the more you try to hammer home some of these concepts when they're not ready, the more resistance that will take place and the opposite of what you are trying to achieve will become your reality. 
And I think that's something we all learn as we start to walk this spiritual path and, and come into this knowing. So finally, I want to talk about this idea of the different years that are attributed to each age. Some suggest that the full cycle, the great year, is 24,000 years, and that each half is 12,000 years, 12,000 years on the descent, 12,000 years on the ascent. And that the size of those wedges is not equal. Fortunately, based upon everything that I've read, the golden age seems to be the largest, both on the ascent and descent, followed by the silver age, then bronze, and then iron, iron being the smallest wedges, which is great. And I think the best way to conceptualize this, at least the way I've been able to conceptualize this, and that's helped me understand how this reality works, I think of the way traffic works. And so I tried to add a GIF here. I'm not really sure how exactly to do that. I think as I'll continue to produce these presentations, I'll get better and better and be able to add more effects. But for the time being, I want you to, to imagine or even go onto your Google and Google search for traffic circle simulation. And essentially what happens, and we've all experienced this, is when you're on the highway and there's bumper to bumper traffic, eventually a gap opens up in front of the lead car and then they speed up to fill that gap. And then everybody behind them starts to speed up. And then suddenly we start to run into each other again. And so there's that inching effect or that slinky effect of contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion. And I think that's really how this reality works. And so I'm not convinced that every one of these wedges is fixed as far as the amount of years that they're attributed. I think those are estimates. And I think there's a good reason why they're suggested because more often than not, I think it takes that long for consciousness to go through that transitional phase. But the more we pick up on this knowledge and wisdom, and the more we're able to share that with the collective and the faster the collective is able to get up to speed, so to speak, no pun intended, I think the quicker we'll transition. And I think this fits within the idea that time is relative. Our perception of time is, is just that, a perception. Everything exists in the now moment. And so the only thing stopping us from one state of being to another state of being is our consciousness. And because of this reality and what we witness within this experience is based upon the collective thought, the faster we can get the collective into recognition of spirit, of energy, of father, the quicker we can transition into a golden age. That's just my belief. I know there's going to be many out there that disagree with that thought, but so be it. And then as I suggested earlier, I thought I would share this idea of the giants. And so... This is something that maybe I'll create another whole dedicated presentation to, but essentially it's this. Giants is a pretty fantastic word. I've mentioned in previous episodes the idea that G-I-N-N, Jin, or G-N-I, Genie, are, is actually implying that merger of the higher and lower self, that unification that we all are striving for. And then when you add the A and the T and the S into that, or even just the A and the T, what it's actually showing us is the greater incarnation, not normalized vessel. I think during the golden age, they truly were giants, not only metaphorically, probably literally, because there's more energy present within that reality. And as you go down and devolve, 
not only do we get smaller as far as the way our mind works, less percentage, if you will. I know there's often we hear about this idea of we only use 10% of our brain or 20% of our brain. I think that's just an allegory for what's really taking place, our potential. We're, we're not optimized, but because we're at a lower level of consciousness, we're all also at a denser, smaller stature. And then as we start to increase the energy, increase the consciousness, increase the connection with spirit and that flow into our vessel, I think we as a being also grow and become giants. And so waking a sleeping giant, that takes on a new meaning. We're all sleeping giants. And it's just a matter of changing our perception and starting to acknowledge what's really taking place within this reality and why we're truly here and who we truly are that will unlock those abilities. And so I'll leave you with that. If you found this content to be of value and would like to help support future episodes, please consider joining me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash palm wondrous. And until next time, know what you stand for.